I'm Adam Hergenrother, and welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. This is a show for leaders and high achievers who've experienced success on the outside and still feel like something is missing in their life, who have made money and accomplished big goals, but then ask themselves, is this all there is? After all, business is nothing but a conduit for your personal growth. Need nothing and enjoy everything. This is Business Meets Spirituality. Welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. I'm Adam Hergenrother, joined by Hallie Warner. We believe Business Meets Spirituality is all about bringing personal growth into the business workplace. Today, we're going to talk about something that is um, near and dear to probably a lot of people's hearts or have people in their world that have experienced this, maybe themselves, which is burnout, right? How do you, where does burnout come from? What is burnout? Um, and really kind of jumping into how do you prevent it? How do you help people go through it? And how do you identify it before it becomes an issue so much where people just leave? And um, kind of on that note... <laughs> well, let's start by defining what burnout is so we are all Talk on the same it. page about what, what it is that we're even talking about. So um, according to the, this quick Google, <laughs> um, burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress it occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands, which I will add, don't always have to be external. They can be internal internal, yes, exactly. <laughs> caused by yourself. So, Hallie, you've mentioned a couple of times on our show too, um, and, and people have maybe heard this in other forms, that you experienced burnout for yourself I and did. actually left. Um, yes, which, about two years ago. Yes, you did. So, tell us a little two bit about that. Two and a half years ago. Yeah, so… I think at that point, I had been working with you for about seven years, working... Clearly, I did a really good job because you... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we yeah. it was awesome yeah. for the first five or so years. And it was we're, it was amazing <laughs> for all seven years. It really, yeah. it really was. Yeah, I get it. It just started... Uh, I, it was a, I was a workaholic, yeah. which I truly believe is like a form of addiction. Yes, I was compulsively is. working. It was not coming from you. It was yeah. this internal, internal drive to succeed with what my definition of success was. Yeah. It was nobody can do it as good as I can. It was wanting to make sure that we were continuing to grow, making sure everything was getting done. You know, it was what I think some of the signs of that are when you start saying no to the your, the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. No matter, again, how, no, matter how, no matter how many hours go into it, we're not really talking about hours here. We're mm-hmm. just talking about that, again, that like obsessive and compulsive need to be on, to work, to check your emails at, all hours of the day and night. And um, so anyway, I experienced that probably I think, like for I think a couple of years. I describe too, because somebody may be thinking like, well, hey, I check my phone at seven, eight o'clock at night. I think you were like three o'clock in the morning. It was like first thing in the morning, you rolled out of bed, you grabbed it. So it was just, just defining yes. that a little bit further for people because I think and they hear the, that, yeah. Yeah, and I was gonna say, you know what? It's, it's not even so much about the act because no. I actually still do that now. Yes. So it's not about the, it's from what part of me yes, was doing <laughs> it. And the part of me that was doing it was just an anxious ball of stress and never being good enough. And, you know, that was where I was trying to get my value from yeah. and to, to prove to myself that I was a worthy individual yeah. through my work. So all of that stuff was going on. And so about seven years into working with you, I mean, that for me, that for me, I will call that burnout. I mean, mm-hmm. that was that. Yeah. Oh, stress. And I, I think in November, I had a conversation with you and said at the end of the year, I think we need to part ways. I need a, I don't even know what I said. I can't remember. I needed a break or something like that. 
Um, and I was going to go do some other things. The other things really included still working with you. We were still working on a couple <laughs> yes, we of projects. Were. We were. I felt like I just needed some space or something. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did leave and completely left my position. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was a couple of weeks later, I realized that that was not the right move for me. But I did enjoy, mm-hmm. as much as I was planning on working during that time, I, I did not really work for yeah. like 30, 45 days or so. And it was amazing. Yes. And I really needed that break and that space. And I figured some things out. And then the past two years have been better than ever. Yeah. So what do you think? Um, you know, there's also, we talk about work burnout. And, and of course, my head also goes to like, there's the physical burnout. Where do you see some people doing it where it becomes an addiction physically, right? Where not everyone sees it in that way. But maybe if you're listening, you're saying, well, I wouldn't have work burnout because you're in alignment, which we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But there's other areas that you burn out in. And I just think it's important that the principles of burnout, um, as we're defining it, um, are the same in each thing you're doing. It's almost an addiction to what you're doing, right? right. It could be to volunteering exact- or to being a parent or to anything exercise. Exercise. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that do that, right? There is so constant, like, oh my God, I have my my body's got to look a certain way. I've got to exercise for, to a certain extent, I feel like that sometimes. Like, I feel like I push my body to the point where it's like, oh my God. And then, then you kind of just start to realize like, well, maybe I don't need to do it that much. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can bring that back down a little bit. But for me, that was deep-seated because I don't ever want to go back to being a hundred pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. And so the driving factor is there, this fear behind all of that, where it's like, that drives, that motivation says, don't you ever be that person again. And I never wanted to not exactly. be Adam's chief of staff and exactly. successful in my career. And that was who I had created. And so I had to maintain that. Yeah. And so when you do that, you create this identity. And in in, I think we've talked about this before, the strongest force, right? In, in kind of humanity, and if you will, is to stay consistent with who you think you are, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're staying consistent with who you think you are, it is literally, you're in your head creating the image of who you think you are. And then you manipulate the entire outside world to maintain that. Yes. You do everything, including, like you said, saying no to everything else, saying right. no to vacations. Because, oh my Har- God, yeah, I can't, harming yourself, I can't your relationships. break this. Everything. You yeah. harm everything about it. You literally start putting all of that first. And then in, in the beginning, it's like a small pebble. It doesn't really seem like much. And then it's a second pebble and a sub pebble. And then over years, for you, it was five, six years, right? For other people, it'd be quicker. Right for other people, maybe longer, but all of a sudden the wall's so big, so built, so high that the only way you see to get out is to actually just leave. And this actually happens in relationships, in business relationships, and personal relationships. It's just a little bit different. They build up this wall, and they say the only way I can have space is to leave. Mm -hmm. And so then they end up leaving, and it may not be the best decision, or maybe it was the best decision. There's, There's no judgment on that, but that's what causes that. So sometimes when people are burnt out and they just said, hey, I need a break, I need a new job. Because here's the other thing that happens from the, from the mental side of this, right? You start to go down this path and you go, somewhere in the transition, it starts to go, maybe for you, I don't know when it was, maybe it was two years before you actually left. Mm-hmm. There starts to be this little trigger in your head that goes, is this the right place? Yeah. Is this the right place? Am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're gone now because now you've all of a sudden opened that up and now your mind is going to start going, yeah, you're right, Hallie. Is this the right place? Am I being treated right this? Am I working too much? Is this really what I want to do with my life? And now all of a sudden it's over. And then all of a sudden you start taking bigger and bigger and bigger pebbles, building up a de- like a whole other area to kind of try to get it down. Same thing in relationships that can happen, right? Mm-hmm. You, the, you, know, you and your partner operate the same way or assuming that you operate the same way for five years, but you've been building this thing up. Then all of a sudden one day they do the exact same thing that they've always done. You go, why don't we like that anymore? I wonder if we're growing apart. <laughs> I wonder if I'm in love with this person anymore. I wonder what the real, like, you know what? And then over time, like you start seeing everything. You start seeing everything that they've done before, right? And right, you're gathering evidence. You're gathering to support, evidence to support, to support it because it. you told your mind that all of a sudden your mind got in there and just said, 
is this the right person? I don't think it is. I don't think it's the right person. And you guys, if you've been, been gone through relationships, you know yeah. this. You or is this the right job? Or is this the right career for me? Exactly. Is this the it, it, right the company? principles kind of go along with all those. So when you when you kind of went through this and you, and you kind of, you, you took your break, what did you realize during that time to, about yourself? Yeah, well, there was two things I wanted to talk about there. One was the the whole that whole space issue. Like, you yeah. know, sometimes you you just get to a point where you're like, okay, I have to quit, or or you just said we well, have to like end a relationship because yeah. you just don't even know what else to the do. Wall's so big that the yeah. only way you can get out of it. By the way, and this is a little little deep, but that's how people commit suicide. Yeah, understand that's what happens when they get so right. They see deep no other way out, and the yeah. only other way they see, it's literally that is a way out. You leave birth, mm-hmm. right? You death brings zero more problems to your life. And that's what happens. You're just doing a different scale. So sorry. I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. there, but um, on well, that topic. <laughs> what I always look back on, because people do ask me about this often, yeah. and I think back on it, what, what could I have done differently at that time? And I ask myself this all of the time, you know, what conversation didn't I have that I should have had? Um, or or I mean, sometimes I think about my parents who got mm-hmm. divorced a couple of years ago. Because they just need, they had to have that break, and then they're getting married this summer, um, remarried, but um, to each other, which is awesome. But did they have to go through that all of that pain of, or if there was was it a missing conversation? Yes. Did we miss a conversation somewhere along the way that I wasn't brave enough to have that I needed to have, or did I miss a sign? Right, it's not yeah. one party, right? And in relationship, it's the same thing. It's like the easy thing to do, right? And I think that people, why people challenge relationships, they get to a point where like all of a sudden you just say this isn't the right person, this is the right career. And then all of a sudden the other person starts to feel it and they go, well, I'm going to start shutting off too. And then both parties go, you know what the easiest solution here is to do? Leave. Leave, yeah. And they both leave. Instead of actually going, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't need to do that. Maybe we should actually have a deeper conversation about this. Maybe we do need to leave. We don't know that. But all we're reacting right now is from our personal garbage. We're reacting yeah. from the mind instead of reacting from the situation. So. Well, I only, I did what I what I did only because I was the I was operating with the information that yes, I had, had exactly. at the time. Yeah. Now I can look back and say, oh, it would have been a quick conversation. Yeah. It would have cleared everything up and whatever. What but that conversation look so, like for so, somebody who's maybe listening to this yeah. and getting close to that wall to the point, or maybe they're at the point where they're like, oh my God, I was about to go in there and leave. Like what 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 is that conversation? I mean, look I feel like? like it's it's so hard. It's so easy, but it's so hard. It yeah. would have just been co- being completely honest. Yes. Being completely vulnerable, not being afraid of what the outcome was, yeah. not being afraid to lose my job if it didn't go, the conversation didn't go well. Just removing the, the ego, getting really vulnerable and just saying, hey, this is not working for me anymore, but this is what I think we could do for it to work for both of us. Yeah. You're making peace with the outcome. Yes. Right? You don't need, then if you're not so tied up into it, you can make Which peace I was, with it. Which I was just yeah. so way too tied up in yeah. my identity and then- the company and 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 everything to see beyond that. Yeah. Now yeah. I would have just had the conversation. Yeah. And I think you as a leader, if you're listening to this, um, maybe you're thinking you do have that psychological safe place for people to have the conversation. I think your your responsibility as a leader is to first bring that safe place up. So don't expect some of one of your employees to come up to you and start that having a safe place conversation. You need to be the one who first brings that safe conversation, which means you share things that are appropriate, right? That you can bring into your people that you care about the most. But you did. And start I, it small was a too. safe space. I so know. that's, I just feel like I had some stuff to work through. I'm just giving them also just, <laughs> yeah. from, but I also think there's more that anybody can do right sure. in any relationship. So I think in, in the business relationship, like you can create that safe place, but maybe I could have done even more like, man, like, Hey, I, 
I guess, you know, Caitlin asked a few minutes ago if I ever felt burnt down. The reality is I don't necessarily think I ever did. Um, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but so it wasn't on my radar, right? Mm. So I didn't, I wasn't looking for that. Now, since we've gone through that, I look at that for all of our employees. And it's actually it, a conversation you and I have together, so do I, yeah. which, and I never, I didn't think that there was even a, a chance in hell that I would ever get burnt out because I can just do everything. <laughs> and I expected that from everybody in this company too. Yeah. And then now that I've experienced it, I, I am so much more aware of it and yeah. other people and myself, of course, but definitely with the rest of rest of the team too. So let's talk about alignment because I think one yeah. of the things, um, kind of like a, if you're wondering if you're, you're approaching burnout or you're, just, you're hearing this and you're kind of going, all right, well, where am I at? My kind of, I always look at like, um, at the end of the day, like how much energy did I get, right? From, or how much, how do I feel? And there's, I don't want people to be confused by the kind of physical tiredness that you can have from going out and going for a run or a yoga class or a walk or a hike or something like you, you kind of put your head down and you're like, oh, I'm tired, but man, that was an awesome day. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's like that, even that psychological tiredness where you can like, man, it was a hard day, but phew, boy, that was awesome. When, like we, when some- we go to conferences, I'm we're, I'm usually working yes. like 16, 18 hour days. Those not tired. Yes. Not, I mean, I'm tired, yeah, but your energy is tired, yes, but, but different tired, totally different versus coming home and you're just needing outlets. Like, hey, where's the wine? Hey, like, where's like, I need to escape from where Let I am. Let me keep going on my emails. Yes, I need to, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and just, it yeah. just, and like, you're just, and then you start waking up dreading going to somewhere or dreading the work environment. And, and then, but what happens is when you start to feel that dreadingness, there's this overriding pull that says, pull together, right? This, mm-hmm. That's what you do. This is what I mean by just, you're working hard and that's what the company's about. That's not true, right? There's that distinction that people need to start realizing that, that kind of that silent voice. It's funny you call it a silent voice because it actually doesn't talk to you. It's just, it's just that pull, right? It's just that silent movement. It's like you've, I refer to it as like the peak ahead, right? Like the, it's like the peak ahead of where you're going is based on getting your alignment with of how you feel um, in terms of that. I don't mean like you're, like you're thinking and then the thinking causes the feeling. I think it's the opposite of that. It's just, I want people to, what? Like to hear that for a second. It's not... Mm-hmm. You can think and then go to your feelings, which is just your feelings are just being um, reciprocated by how you're thinking versus going the feeling first and then people go to intellectualize it. But there's this, there's this waste. If you can peek forward, you start to get this deeper pull, right? About things in your life. Like we were talking before and I heard it on another podcast as an example of like, people don't really choose their sexuality, right? Like there's a pull towards either being homosexual, heterosexual, or bisexual, right? Like you can have this pull towards it, right? And I thought that was a great analogy that we heard in a podcast um, that people can bring into that. You didn't choose that, but there was a slight pull that went into it, right? And I think that- Or it just is what it is. It, exactly. And stop intellectualizing it. Mm-hmm. So when you're in alignment with that, there's just this pull to create and enjoy enthusiasm. Yes, there's problems, right? It's like when you when you wake up and you're in a great state, like something, maybe you had a great vacation or you're just in alignment with your work, like you're feeling awesome. When that same problem shows up, you just, what is it? I got it. I handle it. Whereas if you're having a depleted energy source or you're not feeling it, sometimes you feel it when you're physically sick. Mm-hmm. You walk in and like the smallest problem, you're like, the world's falling. Oh my God, the world's falling, right? Versus when you have an alignment with what you're doing, you have this strong sense of being able to handle the things that are showing up. Yeah, one of the things about burnout that I think comes up all the time is time. That a lot of people think burnout is, I'm working 80 or 90 hours a yeah, week. That's a great point. I'm working 100 hours a week. Like, I burnout has nothing to do with the number of hours that you're working. It ha- I should say that again. <laughs> burnout has nothing to do with the number of hours that you are working. It has everything to do with 
whether or not you're in alignment. Yes. And that's what I realized when I left and then came back, which was um, one of the things that we did yes. kind of right before I left yeah. was we had hired an executive assistant. She took on really half of my workload. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, phew, the company's taken care of. I can leave now. And you woke up and you go like, well, that's the job I actually want now, right? Yeah, like now I, yeah, yeah. Now, right. Being really just in that chief of staff yes. role, which was totally in alignment with who I am and what I like to do. And that's why the past two years, I think, have been mm-hmm. for me personally very fulfilling. And they were in the, they were for the, like the first five or six years as I was, yeah. five years or so as I was learning and growing and trying to figure out what the heck did it even mean to be a great executive assistant and then starting to take on the chief of staff responsibilities. Um, do you but, think that because you had so much growth? during those five years that it just, the growth itself kept propelling you. And that's why it gave you that feeling. And then all of a sudden you hit five and you, it's you, like for you, you are an individual who has a very, very high level of growth, which is an amazing, which makes you an amazing human being. Like you want that growth constantly. I am fueled and not just by like, growth. Not yes. like a three, like you want to be operating at like a 15, right? Like yes. at all times. And so in the beginning, there was so much growth that like was there. And it may even drop to like a seven for growth, but then you're like, that's not enough. Well, yes. And I also do not like doing things that I don't like to do, yes. as you know. Yes. So the, com- well, very well aware of that. <laughs> so the combination of probably a couple of years of doing several roles, half of which was not totally in alignment with who I really am, started to be part of that whole burnout process. Well, how do people s- start noticing the small pebble first? Oh. Right, because that's really where you need to start. Like, what is that small pebble? I, I really think it has, it, and I did not do a great job at this of this, but paying attention to that, the way that you feel when you're doing doing the things, does it give you that energy or does it take away your energy? So explain to me the feeling, because feeling <laughs> is such a subjective word. I know, and I'm so bad at feelings um, or explaining feelings or talking about feelings. For me, it like manifested in anxiety. And like a super, super anxious feeling Mm. all of the time. Yeah. And a little bit of pissed offness. (laughs) Like, am I, why am I doing that? What, you know, is this really what I should be doing? Resentment, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if I was so far as resentment, but just questioning. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely for me was like manifested in like this very anxious feeling, never everything was going super, super fast and I was just trying to keep up. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, I think, thank you for sharing that. I think it, it, like I said in the earlier, it's like all of a sudden when you, when you're something switches and all of a sudden then you just go, huh, like, is this right? Like, it's just that moment should be your, your question. Now that's bound to come up organically. Like you're going to have a day that you go, man, what am I doing? Right. I mean, I had those, you know, in the, what do they call them in um, uh, Ben Horowitz's book? The Hard Things About Hard Things, great leadership book, by the way. Um, because he said every entrepreneur has like five or seven like we're fucked moments or something like that. Is just you know uh, the, the Wifio? Yeah, thing? yes, exactly right. The Wifio, we're fucked. It's over. Yes, right? yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sorry to swear, but it was just kind of that's how it's, I'm phrasing somebody so I can do it right. But anyways, like that's that's really what it is, right? It's like you all have those moments. But then what you can do is the next day or two should be filled back up with energy. Exactly. It's, it's so so don't think like you have one hour or one day or even two days where it's like, oh my God, we're, it's over, right? Yes. Because I actually think, um, I was thinking about this over the weekend. There's a lot, as a leader, when you're the kind of decision maker in your company, you always feel kind of in the back of your head. It doesn't mean you, you run with this, but there's always this kind of this distant feeling that you are three or four moves away from total disaster. Or you are. You, there's this. There's this kind of this blanket. This this kind of constant stream in the background 
That's like, hey, if that thing happened, if that thing happened, if that thing happened, oh my God, we're screwed, right? It's over. And what happens is they typically stay over there, but then all of a sudden when you have a tough day, they seem to move much closer. Mm. (laughs) And all of a sudden you're like, wow, that just came out of nowhere. And so it's like, all of a sudden you have a couple bad things that happen. That three or four moves is one move away. And it's really not, but it feels that way. And so then all of a sudden you go, you're never really as bad as you think you are. You're never really as great as you think you are, right? That's just an event that's happening. Bring it in. And then I always just go, okay, what is the worst case that happen? Like, what if that does happen? Great, it does. It's awesome. Wonderful experience I get to have, right? Make, I mean, making peace with the outcome. Making peace with the outcome, right? And then you wake up the next day and something good happens. And then they instantly move back four spaces away, right? It's just, and you can do that in your own life. They instantly, they come in real close and they feel, it's almost like somebody's pushing you. Like you can feel that like, oh my God, that's so close. It's, it's not physically there, but people understand that feeling, right? It's like there, like it's all of a sudden it's pushing against you, but then something good will happen in the next, the next day or even like the next five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of push away. In the next five minutes, something bad happens. So really it's making peace with understanding that that's over there as a business leader. When you enter into the world of business, there's always going to be that thought, an economic change. What if happens if interest rates drop? What happens if nobody stopped buying a house, right? What happens if all my people three of my top people left. What would I do, right? There's always that kind of thing. If you get caught up of being over there, man, you can't live in being proactive in what you're doing. So I think when I hear like the like the feeling, because people are like, I just to try, to try to give it some depth, right? Of what that feels like in as close as we can get it before actually experiencing it with words would be kind of like that. You, you, you see it over there, and this is whether it's anxiety, whether that's you're a leader and you're looking at it, whether it's your employee and you're working really hard, you start to see like, oh man, burnout could be over there. Then all of a sudden, when, when it starts to push on you, that's when you should first take your pause. Yeah, and go, so definitely that pressure. Yeah, it's a yeah. pressure. And I just, I just want to give the, the kind of an illustration in your mind of kind of what that looks like. It's just all of a sudden like, wow, somebody's getting closer to me. They're getting closer. And I can feel it pushing against me. And then all of a sudden you wake up and go, okay, is this happening over and over? Didn't Steve Jobs actually talk about that? Or just that? never leaves or never leaves, it you never for, leaves. For, all for, for months pressing. or years. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. I think Steve said in, in his commencement speech that's gone, you know, I don't know, 100 million people have watched it, where he said like, hey, when you look in the mirror, if more than like three or four days in a row, I forget exactly what he said, but it was very well said. Like, you know, you you just have like a, a disdain for life or you're just not excited about it, then you better check out what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's not one day or two days, but you start getting three or four and the pebbles start stacking up, that's when your time to go, do I just need a break, right? And I actually, one of the things that you and I always do is, uh, frankly, me is trying to kick you actually out, still out of the office, right? Like sometimes you say, hey, I need a break on Sunday. And you kind of, I'm like, a Sunday, you need a break. You don't tell me you need a break on Sunday, right? Like, but you still do. And I'm like, then take it. And then sometimes you still don't. And then uh, then you go, but then you recognize that you didn't. Yes. And then you go. Because I keep thinking I'm going to for yes. a couple of weeks. And then yes. I never, I don't. And yes. then I'm like, okay, yes, now I really yeah, I do. need and a then, day. And then you do it because you've, you've learned from that. Like you've now pressed a point where that space of three to four away is sitting on you. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's your time to go, okay, give me some space. Give me the break. And then that space allows that to move away. And as it does, clarity comes in. You know, I really do love my job. I just needed a break, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to fluctuate for each person. For me, like I can, it's not the hours. I just need breaks throughout my day, right? That's Some people can just go and go and go. Like I am, you know, when Caitlin asked me if I ever felt really that burnout, I never have, but you remind me, like I've always, A, started hiring people to do things because I didn't really want to do. And exactly. I'm very good at that. Like, yes. you're amazing at that too. And I just, I don't do something that I want to do. I will do it if I need to. Yeah. Um, I won't do it as long as we do have a team member in place. But if there's there's nobody else to do it. Exactly right. Then I'll fill up the space and do it. Yes. Yes. 
Well, I think you would just find somebody. Yes, I would. But yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> but you you would find somebody and you do it long enough. That's part of the business is that sure. you 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 find it and then you use your money that you're getting, right? But you also knew that from the very beginning. You've yeah. shared that before that almost from the day one. Like the first 30 when days, you started, started hiring people. Your first real estate team. no that, idea what I was doing. Yeah, because you, but you knew that enough about yourself yes. that you, there were certain things you just weren't going to well, do. it's funny you say it. I don't know if I knew it like, oh. intellectually. It was just more of like this pull. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. It was just who you were. Yeah, it was like, it was like, why wouldn't I hire somebody? Right. <laughs> like it was never like, do I hire them? And I didn't have any money at the time. People understand, I borrowed eight grand to start my first business. I was living in a 400 square foot apartment, right? I was, I didn't have an office. I worked out of our house, out of a closet because I was so loud and I was lead generating, right? In that first 30 days, I was like, I don't have an office. I don't have any of this stuff, but I'm going to hire somebody. And now I hear people like, well, I have this office, but I need a bigger space before I can actually hire anybody. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Always You're hire just, people yeah, first. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, seriously, guys, you can just, you don't need that, right? And so you just started bringing people into my life and I learned a lot about people and myself and different things and things that I just naturally, I knew I had to get off my plate. And then it just keeps getting larger and larger. It keeps like kind of just shaving pieces of your job, right? Into the business world off. So you end up doing very similar things that you want to do that you're aligned with, right? In, in, in terms of doing that. To keep your energy up and also just to, to really keep you with where you bring the most value in the organization, mm-hmm. right? And people, it's not, a, a, people hire somebody and they feel like they need to do their job still. And I see this a lot with leadership. And I see this with small business owners is where they hire somebody and yet they hire them and they go, well, I need to show them that I can still do that job and I need to show them that I'm better at it than they are. Well, they're they're subscribing to the belief that you have to lead by example, that that means doing, doing the job yes. and, and working harder. At that job. At that job. At that job. But leading by, and I see that sometimes with my, um, in my husband's work that he does that from time to time. And I tell him that when you're on the ground, yes, you can't be an effective leader you because can't. you can't see all of the moves and you can't see four years ahead. Yes. Yeah. So there's a different way to lead. Yeah, there, there is. But. but people, so why do people think that way? Because that's just, that's just what they've done is they've been, like when you're a sole Or they didn't have a leader. Who, that showed them that. that show, yeah. yeah. Or they, they were like, well, my leader didn't do anything. So I'm going to show them what I can do. Yeah, I say, you know, and when you're a sole entrepreneur, you're so caught up for so long just doing everything. And here's this is where it gets tricky with people. This is where people get hung up on it. Most small businesses are built around the nucleus of the individual. I've always taken the opposite approach, and and it hasn't always worked out that way. But my thinking around this has always been: I want to build around other people. I actually don't want to be now. Adam Hurdler Company is the name, but it's the namesake, right? I actually don't want it to be built around a specific job that I need to do in the business. Whereas people, when they're hiring people, they want to they want to put themselves in the center and say, I'm scared that if I, if I hire somebody that's better than me, why would they need me? Why would they stay here? And so then they hold on to pieces of the business, which makes them work in each part of the segment. I'm a CFO, I'm a COO. You're doing all these things. You hire these people. Then you stay in the business because you feel like you need to add value to that person and why would they want to stay there? Mm-hmm. Well, once you wake up and realize that that's actually micromanaging, that's actually not the most effective way to lead, you actually hire somebody and over a period of time, 90, 120 days, when they earn the right to take it from you, you let it go. When you let it go, it frees you up. When you make a hire, it's an investment. You should see a return on your money and you should get time. It's not one or the other, which is how people look at it. Well, if I hire them, I'm going to get time back. Well, you should get both, 
Mm-hmm. You should get time and you should get a return on their investment. I was actually talking to one of my coaching clients the other day and he referenced what you said at the tech conference that you and I are speaking at. And he loved mm-hmm. it. And he said, um, you said to the entire audience and the 10,000 people that were listening on live stream, you said, well, it's, it's actually Adam's, Adam hired me so he didn't have to do this and so he could have his time. Right. And I, and right. I, and right I, because the the presenter right, had yes. asked, well, if, you know, if Adam's only working, working right, yes. the four, four days a week, um, because you've got your flex days on Friday and, and the weekend. And then, then Hallie, does that mean you have to work a lot more? And yeah. I'm like, yes, <laughs> sometimes it does, but that's the whole point, right? Yes. You didn't hire me so that I could work four days a week. You hired yes. me so that you could be here yeah. in the office four days a week. So how do people make that transition though, right? And I think it, we're getting, getting a little off burnout, but it's just such yeah. a good leadership lesson though in the burnout is that part of it is, is people also feel burnt out because they don't have the whole, they don't have the whole job. Like you're, you're actually oh, on yeah. them. So they're not in alignment with what they're doing. Yeah. And that, for us, that wasn't necessarily, that wasn't my experience. You were like totally hands off. Yeah, um, maybe sometimes even too much, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, I mean, I think talent in general is going to leave if somebody is, if a leader is holding on to their job, right, after a couple of months. Well, this is where I actually was going with all this. Oh, yeah. Right, it just kind of came to me. So what happens is when you're actually, just to kind of close this loop, when 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 you hold on to pieces of this job, right, and this is for your friend too, Caitlin, when you hold on to pieces of your job, of all the things that are there, what happens is you get burnt out. Because when you get burnt out, because you're trying to be everything to everybody, and you're trying to grow a business, and you're trying to be the leader, and you're still holding on to things that you don't like to do, just so you feel worthy of being with those individuals. Well, that's the complete example of not being in alignment. You hired somebody because you're not good at it, yet you're still trying to do it. That's you're not in alignment. You're not in in your flow. You're not doing what you. Because people then go like, "Well, the only thing, the only way out." is to sell my business or leave my business or just take it back down to just individually me so I can control everything, control the size of it. You see that all the time. People go to the idle we today, right? That we, they go, they start to try to get and build a business and they haven't learned the principles of building the business. And so then they just go, I'm just going to go back to me. Where it's just me, I'm going to keep it small. It's controlled. Now, if you're doing that for other reasons, that's different. But if you're doing it because you get burnt out because you're trying to be everything to everybody. Or you haven't learned how to hire the right people or you haven't learned how to lead the right people and you're not willing to invest the time into learning those things, which is why I think a lot of people go back to being an individual. Yeah, because they haven't actually taken the time to learn how to actually hire and lead people. They can hire somebody. It's easy to hire somebody. Leading somebody is different. It's It's easy to hire somebody. It's hard to hire talent. I was, yeah, I was going to say, it's, 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 hard easy, to hire it's easy to hire somebody. People are like, oh, you just need three positions. Great. I can go out there and film tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> right? That, That's that not is it. true. Yeah. How many Tom Brady's are there? Right. Yeah. I mean, think about, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's more my guy, but like, anyways, like, how many, how many Ben Roethlisberger's are there in the Steelers? Right. I mean, it's, there's, there's not a lot. Right. And so when you find them, you hold them and you keep them, and then you allow them to, to do their job instead of, so you as an individual don't end up working 78 hours a week, missing your life, feeling like you're missing it and getting burnt out. So there's the burnt out from you as to when you start building a business, then there's a burnt out to employees who are building this with you. And you have to be in line with both of these. And as you're being in alignment with this, it's just when you can actually be a leader and you're not doing it, then you can see when people are getting more burnt out and you can pay attention to it. You can use tools like four and one. You can have a, your most important people, you meet with them. And here's the other thing. I don't think I'm any special in this, but if you just take three minutes and you look into somebody's eyes while they're while you're working with them, you know. Mm. You know if they're off. And whether or not you want to acknowledge that is different. 
And you also know this with your significant other. (laughs) I'm just giving you other examples of where you see this in your life. You probably know this with your kids, right? You know this with your dog, right? Mm -hmm. For Hallie, right? You just just know this when people are off. If you stop and pay attention, if you get out of your own mind, right? It's the whole spirituality side of the business. If you stop listening to the voice inside your head and, and just experience the moment when you're in the moment, you can see if somebody's off. You can see if somebody's then because then you go, I notice somebody's off, and you kind of just try to ignore it, like it's going to go away somehow, right? And then how you know how it goes away? They leave. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, one day they show up and they go, "Can I have fifteen minutes of your time?" <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Can I have fifteen minutes? I don't know why it's about fifteen minutes. Like somebody like literally timed, like I'm need fifteen minutes to tell you that I'm leaving. <laughs> That's like that's what it is. Hey, can I get fifteen minutes? I've experienced that enough that I understand that it's. Hey, do you have fifteen minutes? Right? You're not that we more on the transitory side of the independent agent side. But it's like when you when you when you hear that, you're like, okay. And then you just start going back and going tracing the steps and you go, I know exactly when they were going to leave. Mm. And you're honest with yourself, you know exactly when it if you've ever gone through a divorce or separation with your partner, maybe before you got married, you knew when it was over. You knew it. And then people just start drifting away and you're like, well maybe I can do this. And then people go like they're drifting so far apart like, well let's have a child. <laughs> <laughs> that'll solve our problem, right? For all the parents that are out there, like having a kid definitely makes your relationship stronger, <laughs> right? And so well, that's what people do. Like they just, like, let's go, or like you're drifting apart. Let's go start another business together. <laughs> solve the problem first, yeah. right? But that requires you to be present. That requires you to let go of you always being in your mind and just being in tune with your employees, being in tune with you so that you can then experience what their energies feel. And it, sometimes you just, it's like a walk around the office. It's a, in your conversations, I can always tell when you're off. I just yeah, know. I know. Sometimes you're just off. You know that I know. Like yeah. sometimes you're just off. Sometimes like I can just tell and either I can tell you want to talk about it or you don't. And so I give you that, that right. And then typically if you do want to talk about it, actually now you'll just say, I'm not actually ready to talk about this, mm-hmm. which you did like two weeks ago. To yeah. me. I was like, so tell me why you're off and why your energy's yeah, off again. I wasn't ready to talk and about it. And you're like, that. I'm just not ready to talk <laughs> about it. I, and fine. And then a week and a half later, you did you you emailed it to me in one of your things. And like, or like, this is what we're kind of talking about. This is what I'm feeling. Some of it, right? And so then, okay, great. But it's you to identify that and create that cadence of communication so that burnout or that um, problems don't creep in. It really kind of goes back to just um, when something shows up, don't be afraid of it. Allow it to experience it. You can sit centered in all of the experiences that are happening around you if you're willing to feel it. If you feel like you need to go hide from the event that's happening in your mind, right, which means that you're going to go tell you why it shouldn't happen this way or why it is or how bad this person is or where I should be going or how it should be, right, then you're not going to experience the moment. You're going to miss all of this. But to be the that kind of next generation of leader where we believe that, you know, that leader in the 2020 and beyond, which is already happening, knows just as much about people's inner world, their inner world, as they do about bottom lines and spreadsheets. And that's what that means. Just don't get lost in the inner world. Like, what is that? It's just your feelings. It's just being present. That's just you being in tune with real people. (laughs) They're human beings. We're flawed in different ways. Just be present with them. Just understand them. Just, just, (laughs) I don't know how much easier I can say it. Just, Just understand that part of it. And you'll be much more in alignment with it. Now, are you going to prevent everybody from doing that? Probably not. But the highest probability you can, you can probably have. So, Hallie, you kind of started circling around about how you got and it's been the best two years of your life or more fulfilling of your life. So when it came into that, what got in alignment 
right? Because we've been talking about alignment. We've talked about the, that kind of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the higher to a certain extent. Yes. But what, what got in alignment with you? This? So somebody says, well, how do I get back in alignment? Well, one of one of the things was definitely hiring an executive assistant to handle all yes. of the day, daily minutiae and the administrative tasks. While I'm quite good at them and I'm very organized and I know exactly what should be done and how it should be done, mm-hmm. I also don't like to be caught up in having to deal with doing those things. Yes. Um, so for me, it was be moving more into like a pure leadership role where I, yes, I still do things like help create content or prep for meetings and things like that. but. I mean, I think, I mean, one of my essence words is leader, Mm -hmm. right? So um, being really in a leadership position is so much more in alignment for me than, and not that an executive assistant can't be a leader in their own right, but that sort of um, having to deal with all of the details day to day is not necessarily my, where I'm going to be in my flow versus being more strategic, thinking five, six, I mean, growth, right? Thinking five or six years ahead versus thinking about what needs to get done that day which is hard to do when you're doing both roles. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm only thinking more strategically, long-term, bigger picture, working with the team, helping kind of guide things, way more in alignment. Well, that's awesome the way you said it. And I think the other thing to that is that you're also succeeding through other people yes. in your leadership role, which is really what leadership is. Leadership is not just about like a corner office, which we're in a corner office, surprisingly, but like <laughs> it's, not, it's not about a corner office. It's about truly getting your energy and seeing more results from leading through people. Now, let me just say that again, leading through people. doesn't mean you do in people, right? Like you're not doing their work, which is what people get to. It means truly allowing them to take a role that, and what you do really well, which, but much better than I do, is literally getting the ideas that we have and then making sure that they're executing on what they need to do in order to move the company forward. And the key for that for me is that I'm not actually doing it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and That's leading for, through people. <laughs> yeah, I know. But for many years, it was yes. me doing, doing the it, work, doing all of that work. And it that now we have like six people to yes. do. Um, so it was a lot of not being in alignment. And I do think actually, Caitlin just said, well, what did that mean for your personal growth? Well, well, I I'm just reflecting on this right now that when I ended up being in alignment, that's actually who I've been my entire life. Yeah is, I mean, I've always been the boss in my family (laughs) and with my siblings, in school, in my early years in my career, in college, all of that. So your relationship? In my relationship, (laughs) yes. For me, it was actually more of getting back to who I Mm -hmm. really was. And I I love the executive assistant role because I love being in alignment with a leader Mm -hmm. like you. And being that support person, but I can do it in a different way now yes. than I was doing it previously. Well, it's like if you went out and you ran marathons for a while, then you got out of running a marathon for a long period of time. Or if you've never ridden a mar- rode a marathon, but like you've lived to run marathons, there's steps to get there. So being an EA was a step to get to where you want to go in the business world, right? Yes. You've taken the steps. Otherwise, you kind of earned your right, if you will, to get out of that. And I think people want to just be in the right instead of earn the right, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they do that, they think like, why well, just be there? Well. It's like in business, you have to earn the, those five to seven years of starting any company just suck, right? Well, suck's not the right word. They're events, right? They're challenges. <laughs> there's more events. There's, there's a lot of events that are going on there. Cash flow is a huge problem, right? I mean, just it just so much that you're learning that you're going on there, right? Um, and it's the same thing I, I see it with you is that you've earned your right. And once you kind of, at that five or six year mark, you said, look to yourself, 
maybe not these words, right? He said, I've earned the right now. Yeah. and But then I also think, you know, if I was a different behavioral profile, I would have stayed in that EA role for the yeah, rest of you. Yeah, I was going to say for the rest of my life. Like, yes. I mean, that's an amazing career. I wanted to be, you know, in this company and in this ecosystem. It was just the wrong job. Yes. To be doing on, on a day to day. And we've talked about this a little bit before, but sometimes I think it's interesting if you look back on what you wanted to do when you were a kid. Yeah. Or like what you, I mean, I played when I was a child, like five or six, I played office. Like <laughs> I was the boss in an office and that's what I played. Yeah. So I think sometimes if you, if you look back and yeah. I mean, that there's signs there about like really where you best, you know, kind of fit in your career. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I certainly agree. And we're actually experiencing this too now with even our current EA who wants now a little bit more opportunity. So now we're making um, a hire, most likely, right, to give her more opportunity for growth and more opportunity mm-hmm. in what she wants to do, right? And right. so to, it, to let go of some of the things that aren't quite in alignment, things, alignment but with still be her. the EA, but yes. letting go of some of this other stuff that they she can go concentrate on being more of an EA with like if the job description of EA is like one to a million, yes. right? Because there's so much different there. Yes. <laughs> How do you take off like a hundred thousand of those things and give them to somebody else? That's mm-hmm. kind of the opportunity that everyone gets. And some people do and some people don't, right? It's just depending on naturally who the person is, but it's that alignment factor of understanding mm-hmm. where that is and then having the opportunity to be able to execute on your own alignment. So, Caitlin, um, who is um, sitting next to us, loves to jump in. She has a headset on. At some point, we just need to get a headset too. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Um, She asked a question that uh, basically, if you are an employee or a leader, right, depending on, it doesn't matter how many employees you have um, or where you're at and even in your leadership, maybe in a big enough company that you're a leader leading a team of 10, right, whatever it is, and you don't have the budget, like the company hasn't given you the budget to go out and hire other people, or you're a leader growing your organization and somebody says, well, I want to go hire this person. You're like, are you kidding me? I'm not even making money right now. And Mm -hmm. you want to go actually hire some of the people, or you're just, you want to maximize people's things. There's a couple steps that you can do here. One is first determining what they're doing, right? Meaning that most likely they're doing 15 things. And my guess is that probably only three of them matter. Then what you do is once you determine those three things that really matter, that I mean, I'm not saying those other 15 things are important because you're thinking in your mind they have to get done. They don't. And we've I've I've shown this to people in business constantly that are in our world of like, you don't need the, all those people. I'm just telling you, you don't. And they're like, well, I have to. Then all of a sudden you go through it and you're like, oh, we really didn't need them. <laughs> right. And it it doesn't mean that you 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 don't at times, but I, I always found the first thing I do is am I being clear with what they really need to do? Then once you determine that. Then you say, okay, Caitlin, are those three things, things that you really want to be doing? And if they say no, then you give them a hug, right? I mean, that's literally, because that's the, there's no other way to fix that. If you don't have any other money and those are the most, three most important things to do, either you weren't clear with what the role really required um, or the business has changed and that happens, right? It just happens in business. There's, only, there's not, nothing personal about that. And if they do say those are three things I really want to do, then awesome. Now you're in alignment again. If you're not in alignment, you get out of alignment and you release them or they release themselves back into the industry. And then you hire somebody for that role that they want to come in. Now you're very, it's awesome. What a great opportunity because now you're really clear on what you need and they're very clear on what they don't want to do. And so now you both succeeded in determining what your alignment is. Sometimes it's just having that conversation with that team member too, that yes, maybe it's okay, those three things. Maybe they like two of them and yeah, they'll they'll do the third and whatever and they'll still feel like they're in alignment. But giving them a time frame for when that yes. next person is going to come on board can be quite helpful. For example, knowing that in six months, if we hit XYZ, yes. we will make this higher. Will that help? Can, can we bridge that gap? Can you put in a little bit 
you know, I know it's not totally in alignment with where yeah. you are right now, but can you, um, can we work together? Let's push through and then let's hit these two goals and then we will make this higher. Then you'll be back in alignment. You don't have to leave the company and you will have, you know, have another person on your team. Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. Right. I mean, you sit down with them and you give them clarity and vision of what their position looks like growing. And as long as the company has earned the right to make the hire, remember, it's never about you or the employee. The company earns the right to make the hire based on profitability or revenue forecasts or clients or whatever that your metric that you're using that gives the company the right to do that. And as it happens, you show in there. Now, but you brought up a very interesting point, Galen. Like when you're in a, like as a teacher or a kind of more of a, uh, nonprofit funded organization yeah, kind of or like, like a municipality, of, mm-hmm. something that we're like, Government. Like we're, we're leaders, even leaders don't even have control. that sole discretion or control mm-hmm. to be even do that, right? Then that's when you go back and say, well, what is it that was really required here? And then you just have to ask yourself if you're in alignment with that. And a lot of times you'll find like, I am in alignment with this and I just maybe needed a break or a burnout. We just thought I had this whole conversation. Or you just go exit yourself from that industry and go to a different one. I mean, that's just, that's really what you have to. Yeah. One of the things we actually didn't touch on is that some sometimes people f- feel like they're not in alignment, but they think it's because of the company or because of the the demands of the of the leader, sometimes it's just not the right industry. Yeah, yes, like some yeah. people don't like the bureaucracy that's involved yeah. in government or municipalities or in education. I can never and, operate and they, in the slowness. Of me that. neither. And, so, and yet they would be doing the exact same thing if they were in a small business. Game changer. Exactly. Or somebody's in a small business and they hate the fact that there's so much uncertainty about it. And change. And change and, and all these things coming in there. And they go, I just want to go. <laughs> And, and put myself in this, right? We're actually even experiencing that too a little bit with a, with a hire that we've made where it's like bigger company, much bigger company than ours come in there and he's required to do more than really is kind of what asking him that he's normally done in the box that he's lived in or mm-hmm. she has lived in, right? And as that happens, they can feel out of alignment there. And so then we, you wake up as a leader and go, I'm not going to be that company because it's very corporate, if you will. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that makes makes sense for who we are as a company. And so therefore, you just have to have that conversation. Right. And sometimes alignment is a funny thing because in that scenario, I sometimes think it's really, it's alignment. Yes, I bet that position is actually in alignment with what he wants to do as a job. But are you willing Are you willing to go, go above and beyond? Are you willing to do things that you might not want to? It's just making a decision about what are you willing to do? Yeah. And what are you not willing to do? Wouldn't that come back to, A, the people you work with, the culture, and how committed you are to the cause? Yes. Right? Because if you're committed to the cause, like when you're committed to the cause of seeing your kids stay alive, (laughs) you do a lot of things that um, you don't love to do, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's just kind (laughs) of, I always love when spiritual teachers talk about kids too. Um, Like when you listen to them because they're like, yeah, man, my kid still annoys me. And it's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> right? Like, I'm glad to hear that you're an enlightened being, yet at the same time, you walk in the grocery store and your six-year-old's knocking over boxes of that. And you're not like, yes. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> Joy, right? You're like, no, for a second, like you just, you react to it, right? You just, it's there, right? Those things, that's part of being human being. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is it. It's just, it's really awesome. Before I sign off here, folks, I want to let you know about an awesome program I'm offering right now. It's called Project U. And look, it's a year-long, full immersion training for leaders and high achievers. In it, I lead a small group of people just like you through life-changing experiences designed to help you lead yourself and your business to a higher level. Enrollment is open for a short period of time before the program kicks off in March of 2020. Head over to adamhergenrother.com 
That's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R. Or shoot us an email at hello at adamhergenrother.com for more details. And remember, never give up on joy.